The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. Collusion! We must impeach! We must impeach! Joe Biden colluding with the United Nations and with Benjamin Netanyahu. On the one hand, the U.S. cut funding to the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine refugees because members or employees of the UN RWA were involved in the October 7th massacre. And then the UN fired those employees. So Joe Biden colluded with the United Nations. All so he can say that he's doing something in the Middle East. Because at the same time, he said to Netanyahu, Come on, man, take it easy in uh, take it easy in Gaza. You're hurting my chances for re-election. That's collusion. That's collusion. If we could impeach over a perfectly fine phone call, I do believe that these interferences with the United Nations and the state of Israel rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanor. Impeach. Impeach, I say. Of course, Joe Biden won't be impeached. Mostly because the Republicans don't have the stones to say boo. Marjorie Taylor Greene spilled the tea on Tucker Carlson the other night. And MTG is as fed up as we are. MTG said what we all know to be true, that the Republicans hate us. All these MAGA Republicans, even Freedom Caucus members. They're all, it's all talk. It's all talk. That's why Timbo's rule number three, acting non-verba. Deeds, not words. I don't care what you say. These people will talk a great game, but then look how they vote. They vote to send more money over to Ukraine, secure Ukraine's border, while they fully fund Joe Biden holding our southern border open with treats and snacks and candy at the end. It's just, it's a two-party system, but it's like a horse race where you've got one stable entering two horses into the race. So you've got entry one and one A. So you've got the Democrat Party that hates America, hates Americans, and they want to destroy America. And then you've got the Republican Party that wants to help them. They're helping the Democrats destroy America. But which one's really evil? At least the Democrats have the courage of their convictions. At least they do what they say they're going to do. The Republicans, eh, they, they speak with forked tongue. They tell you one thing in their red meat fundraising emails, and then they go and they do something quite different. And they tell their, their mega donors what their mega donors want to hear. And which do you think they actually do? Which do you think they follow through on? Do you think they follow through on what they tell us? Or do you think they follow through on what they tell the, the Raytheons of the world? I think we all know the answer to that. So the real issue isn't that the deceitful, despicable, duplicitous, deplorable Democrats are doing what deceitful, despicable, 
duplicitous, deplorable Democrats do. The real problem in Washington is with the Republican Party, and it needs to be cleaned out from stem to stern. There's a few good Republicans, and we will know them by their fruits. We're going to talk about that in tonight's Flyover State Report. If you're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk, TNT. Do you have an upcoming community event, rally, march, festival, or fundraiser that could do with some free publicity? TNT wants to promote it for you. Simply visit the What's On event calendar on the TNT website and submit your event details. And we'll get the word out on today's News Talk, TNT. There's a lot going on, so it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Sometimes the wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind finely. Other times, it's not the courts that bring us justice, but the realm of commerce. An insurance company that covered several businesses destroyed during the George Floyd riots in Minneapolis is suing the city for negligence. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. This somehow this story feels like the America I know. I don't know. Right. Just throwing that out there. Um, yeah, this is the way we used to do things. Um, so anyways, this is good news in a way. Um, the lawsuit states, uh, quote, George Floyd's death sparked several days of protests and civil unrest, which resulted in damage to numerous businesses in Minneapolis and St. Paul, including damage to the insureds businesses, end quote. Uh, This company is one Illinois casualty company, ICC. They paid out insurance claims of over $5.6 million in damages, quote, caused by the civil unrest, end quote. That's according to the lawsuit. The complaint cites an independent report from Hillard Hunt's HH, a safety and security consulting firm. The city contracted with the firm in 2021 to provide an analysis of how the incident was handled, uh, at least according to Minnesota-based news platform Alpha News. The complaint states, quote, the areas and events that HH focused on included civil unrest that occurred at Minneapolis Police Department, MPD, precincts, 911 response to looting, burglary, stabbings and shootings, and evacuation of the MPD's third precinct, end quote. According to the HH report, the city suffered from, quote, unquote, minimal direction, during the riots and the community was, quote, dismayed at the lack of leadership and planning from the city and the NPD and expressed their overall distrust of the city and MPD officials. Specifically, some felt, uh, sorry, end quote, the HH report states that, quote, specifically, some felt that the mayor's office showed no leadership and was rudderless. Some indicated that the mayor, governor, and MPD chief were notably absent when people felt they should have been present, end quote. Um, History here real quick. In the wake of George Floyd's death, media politicians and local leaders supported what they called, quote unquote, peaceful protests, in some cases, mostly peaceful protests. Uh, Liz Collin, a reporter with Alpha News, questioned the narrative surrounding Mr. Floyd's death in a documentary called The Fall 
of Minneapolis, which examined the original autopsy report in which the local coroner said that Mr. Floyd had died of an overdose instead of asphyxiation. However, the narrative that Mr. Floyd was killed by MPD officer Derek Chauvin set off a chain of events that cost billions of dollars in damage and has influenced policy decisions in government, business and education that we're living with to this day. Uh, Though the city had a well-written emergency operation plan, an EOP, on how to respond to civil unrest, the mayor's office failed to utilize it, according to the complaint. And the problem was compounded by the MPD's failure to respond, which, quote, contributed to many of the struggles, end quote. Uh, The report stated, quote, the city failed to capitalize on its training and experience from previous large-scale events to establish a framework for crisis response and guide its actions, end quote. Yet the MPD failed to follow, quote, established policies and protocols, end quote, in its request for the Minneapolis National Guard as the MPD's third precinct had been invaded by protesters. Uh, Quote, on May 28th, 2020, MNG, that's the Minneapolis National Guard, leadership readied troops for deployment while MPD leadership worked to deploy I'm sorry, to develop a detailed plan to present to the MNG for consideration of deployment of its troops. The governor approved the plan by executive order late in the afternoon, but the MNG was not deployed until the early morning hours of May 29th, 2020, end quote. It was too late. Uh, During that time, chaos further erupted throughout the city and took its toll on law enforcement. It's really crazy what happened here with the three, three, the third precinct. Uh, the complaint says, quote, as the level of violence escalated during the evening of May 28th, the MPD chief announced a decision to abandon the third precinct, which occurred at 1015 p.m. Once the MPD abandoned the third precinct, rioters set fire to the precinct building and other buildings in the area, end quote. At some point, I'm sure somebody reported that it was just a mostly peaceful bonfire. Uh, This opened the door to more violence and destruction, according to the complaint. Quote, overall, community members felt that the city had abandoned them, partially regarding the lack of response to vandalism and arson that occurred in areas where protests occurred, end quote. The complaint referencing the report states that it was discovered city leaders not only failed to enact emergency management procedures, but also that some city council members were, quote, encouraging people to participate in the protests, even after the protests had become violent, end quote. Uh, Thusly, in addition to negligence, the complaint is suing for a count of, quote, vicarious liability for police officers wrongful acts, end quote. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think the yeah, the insurance needs to recoup a little bit of this money because clearly it was not the business's fault, nor was it the insurance company's fault. Uh, And they're pointing out, you know, whose fault it was, Timothy, whose fault do you think it was? Well, we all know whose fault it was. And uh, there's a real victim here. I'm going to get to that in a minute. First, I want to say that this story made me very happy, right, because we're finally perhaps going to get some justice through the legal system because what is negligence? Negligence is a tort. What is a tort? A tort is a legal wrong. So you can have someone hit you in the face and that is both assault, meaning the imminent apprehension of unwanted physical contact. You see the fist coming. And then when they actually connect with you, that's a battery right? That's the unwanted physical touching. 
If they hit you from behind, you could they could be charged with battery, but not assault because you weren't in apprehension. You didn't see it coming. But that's criminal. And only police can arrest for, arrest people for crimes. And only the district attorney and the criminal justice system can prosecute them and send them to prison for that. In the civil suit, though, you can sue under the torts of assault and battery. The legal wrongs. That person did a legal wrong to you, and therefore you are able to recoup monetary damages for that. And if their conduct was egregious, punitive damages so that they don't do it again. In order, and the beauty of the civil system, as we learned from the OJ trial, is that the burden of proof isn't beyond a reasonable doubt. It's just preponderance of the evidence or more likely than not. So it looks like, it looks like the insurance company is going to prevail over the city of Minneapolis because the city had a duty of care and it abrogated that duty. So to be found guilty of negligence, you have to have a duty of care. You have to not fulfill that duty of care and your actions, or in this case, inactions, it needs to be reasonably foreseeable that your action or inaction would cause the harm that was actually caused. And I think in this instance, there's no question that that's true. So this case seems like a real slam dunk. Bully for the insurance companies. However, as we always have to have a however, I want to make sure that those insurance companies actually paid out on those policies. Because a lot of times in the fine print, there are exceptions for force majeure, acts of God. There are exceptions for civil unrest. So unless those conditions were specifically covered in the policy, it, we don't want to have the insurance company wiggling out of paying on those claims and then going to court and, and suing the city uh, because it, it had that covered. So we've got to make sure that those claims were actually paid out. Now, who's the real victim here? Is the real victim the insurance company? No, the real victim's not the insurance company. The real victim is Officer Derek Chauvin, who still sits in prison, despite the fact that we now know, and the city hid this, but we now know that George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose. George Floyd was not asphyxiated. Even though George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe, it's not because Derek Chauvin was choking him out with his knee. He showed no indicia of asphyxiation. There were no bones broken in his neck. There were no, uh, there was no bruising. The medical examiner testified that George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose, not asphyxiation. And yet, Derek Chauvin sits rotting in prison where he's already been stabbed once. And unless he's let out, will probably be killed. And quite frankly, Adam, I don't see the Biden administration offering the least bit of justice in this case because there is no justice currently at the top to bottom corrupt Department of Justice. It's going to take President Trump to pardon Derek Chauvin. And I hope he would do that on his very first day in office, January 20th, 2025. Yeah, I would hope so too, Timothy, because no one else is going to do it, unfortunately. Um, what Do you think this might actually open up um, a door to where other um, people could be held liable for what happened? I mean, because negligence is one thing to, to pay back the insurance company, but... Um, it, the negligence led to uh, death and destruction. Personal People injury, lost their exactly. lives. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah no, this will so, definitely. I mean, can families yeah. start suing the city in response? I mean, sure. maybe. Sure. I mean, the smart money would let the insurance companies do the heavy lifting, right? Because this is a tremendous legal effort. Let the insurance companies open the door and then you can come in and use the insurance company uh, decision. And, uh, you know, see, this is what will happen. The city will settle out of court so that there's no legal precedent. But even that that settlement will open the floodgates uh, for the families, for the other businesses uh, that weren't covered by the insurance, et cetera. And not just in Minneapolis, but in other cities, in Waukegan, Illinois, and in Ferguson, Missouri, and in other places as well, because uh, Portland and Seattle, for example, as well. You know, remember Chaz up there and that autonomous zone that we had for a while. Uh, government has a responsibility to protect its citizens. The police don't have an affirmative duty, but the government itself does. That's why you have a police department. So... I, I think this could be the first step toward reconciliation and healing. Let's hope so. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk, TNT. TNT's Pervoy Morich. He details factually how Russia is rolling out the algorithm ghetto. Um, you know, the, the, the multipolar edition of the algorithm ghetto a prototype of a traffic light that records traffic violations by a pedestrian at a crossing was tested in Moscow. So Russians now, they'll, they'll have a, the government will take a snapshot of their face and then run that through the databases to figure out who is who and then find them, uh, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, he, he points out that there are a lot of developments now. Moscow 2030, it's, it's uh, they want to make uh, Moscow achieve smart city status uh and there's just you know you look at the white papers moscow and russia are all in on agenda 2030 smart cities algorithm ghetto digital ids pervoy morich on today's news talk tnt god's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations it transcends culture the church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the Church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government that stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2% you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. 
We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Chuck Kordak is a very successful serial entrepreneur, primarily in the computer software and services industry. He was Shark Tank before Shark Tank. Chuck is a staunch conservative from a military family and is committed to giving back to our military and first responders. He's one of Ohio's most effective political consultants and has been active in the Ohio GOP for decades. In his educational initiative, Right of Center USA, focuses on training our current and future leaders. Go to rightofcenterusa.com for more information. I'd like to welcome back to The Reckoning for his bi-monthly flyover state report, my good friend, Chuck Kordak. Timbo, great to be here. Absolutely an honor when we do these Chuck flyover state reports. It is absolutely the end of a perfect week doing these with it's you. been a good week it's been it's a, good been a week, great week it? <laughs> it's exciting text messages between you and i two o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning talking about oh we can't say the word icky nicky we got to come up with uh uh can't say second tricky place nicky. We, we, we can say tricky, tricky nicky. Nicky. yeah yes you know everybody knows she's icky time. nicky i spent a lot of time down in south carolina you know uh so, you know, Chrissy also went to the University of South Carolina and uh, absolutely loved that state. But, Timbo, we talked earlier today, and we kind of have something that is affecting all the flyover states. Right. And um, it comes out that half the U.S. governors are siding with Texas in the border dispute, um, you know, against Biden. And uh, the pres the current president, if you have, that's what you want to call him, is leaving the country vulnerable to illegal immigration and fentanyl and a number of other things. And uh, all these states are starting to send uh, National Guard support, uh, equipment support, uh, 25 states. And if you look at those states, Timbo, it's, uh, it's all the flyover states. It is all the flyover states in New Hampshire, which culturally is a flyover state, I suppose. Even though it's even though it's on the East Coast, New Hampshire isn't uh, Massachusetts, and even though it's been destroyed by mass holes moving north up ninety three, and uh, establishing a beachhead in Nashua, uh, but a couple of the states did surprise me. Nevada surprised me because Nevada has been voting for Democrats lately, and uh, but even they've had enough. I think the people in Las Vegas, the smart money in Las Vegas, as they say, knows that this is not good for America. And the border crisis impacts all 50 states. So 
it's actually disappointing that it's only the Republican states that are supporting Texas and that the Democrat states are not. And it just shows you that the Democrat Party hates America and hates Americans. They're more interested in establishing a permanent Democrat governing majority than they are in the Constitution, than they are in the rule of law, than they are in the American dream and the quality of life for everyday Americans. And, and Tim, also, there was another article that we found, and it's, it's kind of ironic. You know, of course, Newsweek and now USA Today, uh, the GOP governors have already sent troops, you know, to Texas um, mm -hmm. amid civil war fears. So uh, they're, they're pot stirring, you know, they're ginning well, it up. And uh, I, well, I've been saying all week on the show that we've got a border war in our hands, except instead of firing across the border, the war is on the same side of the border. It's between the states and the federal government. And by my reading of the Constitution, Governor Abbott and the other governors are well within their rights. And here's why I love the fact that we've got 25 governors supporting Texas. Biden's only play is to federalize the Texas National Guard. But in order to do that, he has to declare that there's an emergency. But he can't declare that there's an emergency because the emergency would be the border crisis that he created. So you can't create a crisis or allow a crisis to develop and then claim that you need to federalize the National Guard to address that crisis because the crisis is your fault. Also, he can't federalize the National Guards from all 26 states. It's just not feasible. It, it can't be done because he has to declare an emergency in each of those states to do it. Well, that's going to get him into having to admit that there is an emergency in each of those 25 states. And of course there is because between the uh, resource-sucking presence of all the millions of illegals taking uh, housing dollars and uh, healthcare dollars and, and food supplement dollars, et cetera, and the increased public safety expenditures because crime is going through the roof and the impact that the fentanyl that's coming across the border. So there actually are emergencies in those 25 states. There's emergencies in all 50 states. The border crisis is literally affecting every single state because of the Democrat policy, it started under Obama, of sending these people all around the country. Obama planted Muslims in all 50 states, and he did it for a reason, to give them a beachhead so that they could out-reproduce us and eventually take over the governance of those states. It's, a, it's not a conspiracy theory. That's exactly what the plan was. Just like now the plan is to flood the zone with illegals just to have a permanent Democrat majority. Chuck, more illegals have come across in the Biden administration than the population of your home state of Ohio. That's not tenable. Thibault, it's it's uh, it's insanity, you know. And as a father of uh, you know, Christine and I, as uh, parents of you know five children that have been in the military or you know, have left the military, I always tell people, you know. Um, we have five times more reason to bitch than anybody else because we have five times more reason why we have helped our country out and sacrificed for our country. And I'll tell you, Tim, it's almost like I feel like I'm the uh, the uh, history or the teacher in, on All's Quiet on the Western Front where he's in there, you know, in one of the scenes, especially the old black and white version, you know, getting the students all riled up, you know, to go join the military, go to the front. And I did that to my own children. You know, um, 
made well they served honorably they served honorably and it's it's still honorable to serve our country whether in in peacetime or wartime whether in the military or in any of the private agencies but we're going to talk about your home state of ohio after these headlines right here on today's news talk tnt this news just in tnt radio news ready go go for tnt this is james o'neill Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced on Thursday his intention to increase the amount of razor wire along the U.S.-Mexico border. This decision follows the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling which supported the Biden administration's action, allowing federal agents to remove existing wire. Make America Great Again Incorporated, a super PAC associated with former President Donald Trump, successfully raised over $46 million in the latter half of 2023, attracting several billionaire donors. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Chuck, as disappointed as I am in the Democrats who claim to be Catholics, Democrats like the Kennedys, like the Cuomos, like Nancy Pelosi and others who, who Joe Biden especially, who talk the talk, but they certainly don't walk the walk. I'm even more disappointed in our Republican Catholic uh, politicians who not only should know better because they're Catholic, they should know better because they're Republican. And if they're actually going to hold themselves out to voters as Republicans, they need to start acting like Republicans in office. And and that hasn't happened in Ohio at the executive branch. But luckily, the legislative branch came to the rescue this week. The the Timbo, they they sure did. It's absolutely amazing. You know how cool it is really to have both houses veto? You know, I'm can't, still, we can I'm have still laughing about this. This is days I, I later. I giggle every time I think about DeWine getting spanked. You know, it, it would be great if it would only happen in D.C. You know, but oh. as as, uh, as George Lang and Bernie Marino said, you know, when we we're at a, doing a cigar fundraiser for him a couple of years ago, you know, we can save Ohio, but we can't fix. We cannot save D.C. And it seems like the only way you're going to be able to see save D.C. And I always float around those uh, pictures of the uh, the bullet bourbon. I always say it's the leaded version of the bullet bourbon. It's probably the only way they're probably going to be able to fix this stuff. But it was it was great. The Ohio House, George Lang came back, Mark Mark Romanchuk, uh, Reineke came back, the whole Business First Caucus, and they they vetoed DeWine. I mean, it really really felt good, especially you and I being big Catholics, you know, and our kids are and our children are Catholic. Um, you know, especially uh, Captain Andy. You know who you yeah. would wear wears rosary sticking out of his uniform, and you know he's down at the at the hospital down. I don't want to mention the name of it, but he goes on vacation. He comes back, and there's there's a napkin over his crucifix in his office because it was triggering people. You know, in and around the hospital, Timbo, just outrageous. And you know, our Catholic institutions aren't any better with Georgetown University, for example, covering up a crucifix when Obama spoke there 10 years ago. But it, the, the bill we're talking about, of course, is the bill that will ban 
gender affirming care, which is anything but gender affirming, it's gender denying, it's genital mutilation, it's the child abuse treatment, and banning uh, boys from competing in girls' sports. Because isn't it funny, Chuck, that we never see uh, trans men, as they like to call them, we never see girls trying to compete in boys' sports once they transition? It's always oh, the boys it's, that compete in the girls' sports. Tim, but what's, what's kind of funny, though, is that, uh, you know, all of, all of our kids were pretty athletic. Uh, the son was a captain of the uh, St. Francis Sales uh, swim team. My daughter was the captain of the golf team. And uh, she was my, probably my greatest golf partner, Timbo. And I was talking to her about it the other day. And she said, Dad, you remember when you used to take me all the golf tournaments and we and we'd hit, let the guys go out and hit from the men's tees and they let me hit from the women's tees? And I'd kind of size them all up and we go to the next tee and say, okay, boys, you know, let's put some money on this. You know, uh, longest, longest drive, closest to the pin, and uh, who can one putt? And they're all say, oh, you're a woman, you're a girl, it's going to be easy for you, you're from the women's tees. And she goes, you know, just with a comment like that, I'm going to double or nothing, and I'm going to go back up to the men's tees and hit with you. And she ends up pulling out her Nike Sasquatch driver, and she actually, uh, it was a woman who started competing with the men. But I have to say this, Tim, when you see pictures of my daughter, she's cute, she doesn't have that... Uh, that trans appearance about her. She certainly doesn't. And let's face it, the guys she was competing with weren't exactly PGA pros. Every time we've seen a woman who's tearing it up on the LPGA try to play with the men, of course, uh, it doesn't end too well. Uh, just like it didn't end too well for our women's national soccer team that played a bunch of fat old men and lost 18 to nil. So... <laughs> The idea that that uh, trans women are actually women and should compete in girls' sports shows you what contempt Democrats have for honest-to-goodness women. That all of this Title IX, all this feminism, all the girl power, it was all BS because they will throw women under the bus in a New York nanosecond to support the latest flavor of the month, which currently is transgenders. And, you know, now we've got Billy who stole... An NCAA title from from girls and in in causing the the real victim there was the the girl that would have won a bronze would have won third place that she ended up off the podium. Uh, he's trying to weasel his way into the Olympics now, so it'll be interesting to see if that happens. We've already got Miss America and and Miss uh, World Miss Universe, I guess they call it, uh, infiltrated with with guys it, it's just it's it's perverse it's sick and it's wrong it's just it's wrong there are two genders and luckily in ohio we're not going to have children be victimized by their parents because again my immediate reaction and, and dewine's reply was well you know i don't think there should be government legislation i think this should be a parental decision it's like no mike because the problem is these whacked out munchausen by proxy parents are inflicting this on their children. We need to protect their children from the parents because in Ohio already, you can't have surgery if you're under 18 without parental consent. So the problem here isn't that the doctors are doing genital mutilation. The problem is that the parents are consenting to it. So yes, we do need legislation, Mike, to prevent that from happening, to protect the children from their psychotic parents. And luckily the Ohio legislature stood tall, stood firm, and told Mike DeWine to go pound sand. 
that now you can no longer have those surgeries in Ohio. And now girls can compete and share their locker room with other girls. That's correct. And remember, Thibaut, golf is a sport. And, golf uh, absolutely is a sport. We're going to get more on Ohio after this quick break. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk, TNT. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. We are for pets. We do anything for them because they do everything for us. We are for people, for those who love pets unconditionally. We are for good, from adoptions and veterinary care to disaster relief and fighting pet hunger. We stand together to create a better world for pets and families in need. We are PetSmart Charities, for pets, for people, for good. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Chuck, we not only are involved with uh, deployment brands together, but also in Right of Center USA. And we had a big week in Right of Center USA, didn't we? We sure did, Thibault. And actually, uh, tomorrow morning at 0600, I'm going to be sending an email and making a phone call to, to Bernie with a region, recent polling we just did. On That's the, U.S. Uh, Senate the- candidate Bernie Marino for, in Ohio. Yes, U.S. Senate candidate Bernie Marino uh, with Frank LaRose and also the uh, the pacey old white guy, Matt Dolan, you know, and they really don't like it. The Republican Party hates when I say, you know, I did, went through that with Gibbons, going to go through with Matt Dolan. And Matt, uh, you're the pacey old white guy with no personality. And really, it's coming down to two candidates, Frank LaRose and Bernie Marino. And keep telling, telling Bernie, you got to run hard and run scared. Because when you saw the polling that we sent, Timbo. Yeah. You know, the business people were all over uh, Bernie Marino, but it was actually split, you know, a uh, little bit between Matt Dolan and Frank LaRose. But then when we polled strictly military around the United States, and the way we do the polling, Timbo, we have Ohio broken up into five different areas, Northeast, Northwest, Southeast, Southwest, and then the circle around Ohio. So, of course, a lot of the military, and we have followed up on a few of them up in the uh, Northeast area and some of them were business owners were siding with uh matt dolan but those numbers are pretty damn accurate uh timbo because we do follow up it's not just a right. quick you know slap send a text out or an email out some of those we do some quality control checking you know iso 9000s because we're not a bunch of political talking heads you know talk to these people and uh bernie's got a hell of a race going on he's winning but it's going to be a squeaker yeah, I really think it's going to come down to the get out the vote uh, activities. He needs to 
He needs to get those buses and, and get people out, get get the Bernie early buses. balloting going. Bernie buses, we got to get the early balloting going. He needs to run scared. Uh, but I got to tell you, he looked great at the debate. Let's just talk really about did. appearances first. Both he and Matt Dolan had custom suits. You could tell by the pick stitching and the collar. And it's it's not that Frank had an off-the-peg suit and he didn't buy an expensive suit. It, it's the suit that he chose. He chose one of those skinny-legged suits. He had a brown wow. shoes, brown, brown two-tone shoes with a blue suit. And he just, he didn't look good. You know what he looked like, Chuck? He looked like a career politician at the at the state and local level. He looked like what he is. He looked like, you know, I love Frank and I, I honor his service, but he needs to focus on the job he has, which is secretary of state. And he needs to make sure that this election coming up is completely locked down in Ohio, that there's no hanky panky. There's no shenanigans. Frank needs to do a good job for the people of Ohio as secretary of state. Let Bernie go to the Senate. We need Bernie in the Senate. We need his business experience. Mm -hmm. We need his professionalism. Bernie owned that stage. He was in the middle. He drew the he drew the good spot right in the middle. And what I loved is not only did he articulate what he was for, but he didn't let either Frank to his right or Matt to his left get away with weaseling out of the question. Every time they weasel out of a question, Bernie oh, interjected. Right so, so just to be clear, he didn't seek those nominations or those endorsements. And just to be clear, he just called President Trump a liar. It was great. He held their feet to the fire. And that's exactly what we need in Washington, in the United States Senate. I think Bernie Marino and J.D. Vance would be a great one-two punch. Absolutely. I keep telling the had, you know, lots of conversations with Frank. He should run for governor. You know, that would oh, be yeah. a good, yeah. good, good next step for him, you know. And, yep. uh, Absolutely. You know, I, and I'd support great. Frank all day long for governor. And military, too. You know, he's yeah. just a great background. He's a true war hero. And absolute respect. I have respect for both those men. And it was a very, very absolutely. tough decision for both of them. But when Trump came out and Bernie's, you know, uh, daughter is married to Max Miller, uh, who we also, he took over the seat when we got rid of uh, Anthony Gonzalez, you know, who voted mm -hmm. to impeach Trump. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of significance there. Um, and Tim, Bo, you know, on the next thing over Ohio, Buckeye Lake, who yeah. uh, we we don't only yeah. we don't only do state and national. <laughs> we Buckeye don't only Lake. do state and national campaigns. We'll get involved in a village recall. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of fun, though, Tim. Well, it's kind of like a tune up for the for the. Uh, oh, it's great. It's, it's, how I cut, it's how I cut my teeth back in the 70s doing village politics with oh, my dad. Wait a minute, yeah. Tim, uh, it was it's all my sister Louise's fault when she made me go door to door with my little baby face. Hey, we vote for my sister for city council. Back then, I didn't know that she was using me. But actually, you know, what? she invented outsourcing before my brother did. But, you know, Jereen, the mayor there in Buckeye Lake, Timbo, she is like Donald Trump with what she's going through, Timbo. Oh, yeah. you know, it's absolutely unbelievable what they've been doing. Well, you've got a corrupt village solicitor who's in hot water in one of the towns where he's the town, uh, the city city attorney. You've, he's got uh, an appointment, a sweetheart appointment from uh, Columbus attorney general or the uh, um, district attorney as a special prosecutor. He's in hot water over that because of uh, conflict of interest. He's in hot water as city attorney because he doesn't own a house there. He just he rented an apartment just to take the job. Uh, and, and now he's trying to corrupt the village council, which is apparently all too corruptible with the two uh, the two queen bees leading that 
uh, parade of, of 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 sad people uh, down down the garden path. I mean, this is a bad bad guy. He's been reported to the uh, Supreme Court. He's been reported for bar discipline. He might end up losing his law license. And uh, it just goes to show you how one guy, one guy can poison an entire government. It's unbelievable, too. You and I were both chatting about this earlier. You know, and I talked to George Lang and a number of other people. You know, people are actually spending money in Ohio to get on the Central Committee seats in their counties, but also in their states. Because if you're on the State Central Committee, DeWine will reward you, put you on the... uh, the board of the Bureau of Workman's Cop or something else, and you get yep. a salary with it. And they're spending $30,000, $40,000, $50,000 on these races that 20 years ago, Timbo, it would never happen. A city council yeah. race, you know, you maybe went door to door like my sister, you know, when she ran, but, you know, they're spending tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars on these races now, you know, and, and in Buckeye Lake, in with everything that she's gone through, I kind of, you know, how Rudy was America's mayor. Right. Um, she's Ohio's mayor with what she's going through. And I mean, she really is. And, and and here's the thing. It's not just that she's suffering the slings and arrows from some corrupt, self-interested people that want to, quite frankly, we, the suspicion is that they're, they're worried. They're more interested in being in charge for a lot of the land deals that are going to be happening. Uh, but she's done a great job for Buckeye Lake. We've got a new bridge. We got they're saving the library. She instituted an after-school lunch program. They completely revitalized all the infrastructure for the people, making it safe to walk around. New sidewalks, new curbs, new lights, low taxes. It's fiscally responsible. She's actually been a great mayor. Great, Tim. Well, now this is going to turn into an ad that's going to end up in New York or Massachusetts. You know, and we're going to have all these people moving over to Buckeye Lake. But I have to tell you this. You know, 10, 15 years ago, the city of Columbus was uh, sending out advertising to Boston and New York to do the same thing. Yeah. Low taxes, come move here. So now all of a sudden we're going to see a whole bunch of New York plates, maybe including yours living at Buckeye Lake, Timbo. Well, here, here's the thing, too. It, we only get involved with people that we like. And I don't mean personally. I mean people that will do a good job. We're not supporting Bernie Marino for Senate. We don't support uh, Frank LaRose for Secretary of State and eventually, hopefully, for governor because we like them personally, although we do. We do it because they're the right people for the job. And we always, it's always cause first. And that's why we get involved. It's why we get involved in things with deployment brands. It's why we get involved with Right of Center USA. If we don't believe in the cause, we're not going to do it just for the money. It's really helping out people who are truly righteous and really uh, servant leadership, Timbo. Yeah, you know something that's really not taught anymore. You know, um, you know we've done enough things where you know we got a retainer for you know one dollar, you know, to help yeah. out the orphans fund in the state of Ohio. You know, because you know there's actually you know over seven hundred orphans in the state of Ohio, and the only money that these that these kids would get when they go to college was for the most expensive state school. Right. You know, and different things like that. How about this getting uh, easier for the ODOT to have a highway named after them. One dollar yeah. retainer about to do that. You know, did yeah. that all, you know, and I would say goodness out of the heart. It was just common sense using your brain, you know, and to help these people out because it was such a waste of time that these people had to go through to get a, a highway named after them in the state of Ohio. Yeah, um, no, it was doing the right thing. Sometimes though, sometimes you can both have a righteous cause 
and get the money. And that's what my new hero, Jim Harbaugh, did up in Michigan. This made me so happy. Timbo, but that article I sent you to, it made you so happy because Timbo, tell them exactly what's really going on. Besides it, besides, you know, Jim, you know, coming out for being uh, pro-life and they came after it. It's the whole reason why this all blew up. And you tell them the, what's really going on now, Timbo. Well, the beauty of this was this was the biggest FU to all the leftists at the University of Michigan that were tut-tutting and they suspended him for three games at the start of the season. And then they suspended him for three games at the end of the season. And he only came back for, for the game against Ohio State University, which uh, I believe the Wolverines won for the third year in a row. And then they, they went on to the playoffs and eventually the national championship. So what does Jim Harbaugh do? After his own university refused to stand up for him, he says, see ya. And he took the head coaching job at the Los Angeles Chargers. I still have a hard time saying that. It's always, it's, oh. they got to go back to San Diego. But he's going to be the head coach at the Los Angeles Chargers, making bank, even though he was making millions at Michigan. But basically what he was saying to Michigan was, here's your national championship. Good luck getting another one. See ya. Absolutely and that just tickled me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great moment. It really is. You know, me, the diehard you know, Ohio State fan took naval history from Woody Hayes, drove around campus with that damn H1 Hummer with the Michigan player on it, put the political signs on it. And I came out very, very strong for Jim when this all happened. Yeah. And, you know, now what they're trying to do is to ruin his legacy. You know, they don't care. They'll destroy their own university or their own football program. Now they're talking about, you know, the NCAA investigating looming. They're going to try to pull his national championship, Timbo. Well, they are yeah. just like they did, just like they did Syracuse University's 1990 lacrosse title, Ohio State's 1999 basketball Final Four appearance. They took away a national championship from Pete Carroll at USC. They took a Heisman away from uh, a USC player. This is what uh, they try to do. They try to smear people. And, and you're absolutely correct. This is all going on because Jim Harbaugh came out staunchly pro-life and they did not like that. You know, the other problem, if we, after this, uh, the next thing, Timbo, that we had on the list was, this is also caused by a lot of the, the students and the players that are in these universities. And yeah. you look at what's going on at Robert Redford's, you know, uh, you know, Sundance Festival, which has been going on for, what, almost 40 years. Yeah. And the pro-Palestine protesters were out there. And this really cute girl, you know, was out there interviewing them, asking them just basic questions. They didn't know what the, you know, from the, river to the sea, or what everything was about, totally clueless. They're just out there to protest. They're just angry. And they're getting paid oh, sure. to do it. It's just... And, well, and, and that's the thing. And, and, here's, and here's the real question. Who's paying them and with whose money, right? Because they're getting paid by some NGOs. So who donated to the NGO to fund that activity? And these these poor kids are ignorant. They've got skulls full of mush, as Bill O'Reilly used to say. And you, you pull them and you ask them what socialism is. They think socialism is being social and, you know, like social media. And it's just, it's being nice and kind and progressive. And they have no idea what socialism is. They're truly benighted. And if you want to talk about useful idiots, I, I refer you to them. But it's not just the useful idiot idiots. It's also the 25,000 Chicoms you've got at, at Ohio State there in Columbus. Oh, I've been talking about it for years, Timbo. I went through a patent dispute. My brother and I did. 
uh, you know, where we actually designed a product and uh, they were manufactured in China, going out the front door, out the back door. You know, they were selling it all over the place. We actually held their feet to the fire, but it cost us a lot of money to mm -hmm. do that with our patent, Timbo. And, you know, most of them, they're all spies. And, you know, they, you saw the pictures I took from uh, two years ago with the uh, the Chinese-American friendship and the little, uh, what do you call it, the honeypots holding the flags, right. you, know, yep. saying, you know, going through the parade. And it was just absolutely crazy. 25,000, Timbo. And the other problem with Ohio State is now you have nine times the amount of administrators and people that are have jobs down there that are not students, Timbo. That's, that's right. We need a lot of empty buildings there. Every single university, you, you, you need not a single DEI employee. You need not a single ESG employee. Uh, the, the, the universities have been taken over by these administrators. And it all goes back to Bill Clinton federalizing the student loan program so that now there's unlimited dollars. You know, there needs to be, if you go in for a mortgage, what do they do? They require you to have an inspection, right? And there's, mm -hmm. they've got to find, they've, there needs to be a valuation and you've got to, you, you've got to have all of this paperwork showing what the property is worth to justify the mortgage. You have to submit all your credit records, et cetera, not for student loan. They spend no. like drunken sailors in all of that money doesn't go to student programs. It goes to these administrative overhead positions, and you're exactly correct. They're, they're way top-heavy, and I think two-thirds of the schools in the United States need to go out of business and be replaced with trade schools because these poor kids are being sold a bill of goods. College degree is a ticket to a promising future. Not if you're studying genderqueer theory because the only job you can get then is to be a DEI oh or a, a, a gender queer theory teacher at a school. You know, Timbo, here, just quickly, we only got a few minutes left. I know I wore a special tie for you, and it's got palm trees on it. You know, we're going to be in the sun next week having a cigar, some mojitos, uh, visiting our cigar manufacturer, but also talking about, you know, I'm going to be at the National Business Aviation Association meeting with the 1% right. of the 1%ers down there. And, uh, you know, we're going to be down there, you know, doing some planning and also promoting our upcoming um, President's Day uh, bourbon and cigar tasting that's virtual uh, that's coming up. And also what we're going to be doing with Right of Center, Tim. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of work down there. It's a workcation. In fact, all yeah. of our vacations are workcations. Yeah. I'm looking forward, to seeing your girl, looking forward to seeing your girlfriend at the uh, at the Catholic Church in Miami holding her hands up. The what do you call it? The, the, crazy, yeah, the Catholic yeah. crazy hot matrix. There you go. But uh, now you're going to see. Yeah, once I get my shorts on, baby, it's true. I'm the original white boy. Uh, talk about a pasty old white guy, but I think I got a little bit of personality, at least over, yes, over the Matt Dolans of the world. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot of great work. Uh, and folks, if you're interested in joining us virtually, these are a lot of fun. We're going to have David Webb at this one. Uh, go to deploymentcigars.com and, and check it out. It's going to be on President's Day in February. That's it for tonight's Reckoning. Stay tuned on TNT for the Hervorier Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.